Now, Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that as the days go by, it is your will for us to get stronger and stronger. And so we pray today, Lord Jesus, that you would speak to us. May the eyes of our spirits be flooded with light. May our hearts be strengthened as we walk in your word and discern that we are living in the last of last days and help us to walk in the light of what we know. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. amen. Open your Bibles this morning to Proverbs chapter 18, and we're going to look at verse 14. Proverbs chapter 18, 14. We're going to first of all look at it in the King James Version, then we'll look at it in the Amplified Version. In the King James Version, it says, The strong spirit, or the spirit of a man, will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. And then we look at the Amplified Version, and they'll have it up there in just a moment. The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain. In other words, when there's a physical attack, the stronger our spirit is, the more that we will be bolstered up, the more that we will be supported and preserved and helped. But not only when physical attacks come, but when any trouble comes. Anybody faced any trouble in their life before? Well, the stronger you are, the, the more you'll be able to rise up and trouble the troublemaker. Amen? So the strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit, who can raise up or who can bear? So we know this, that our spirits can become so rooted and so grounded and established in the word of God that we can actually, by the grace of God, repel disease, stop the cares of this world, resist sin, override doubt, dissolve offense and block pressure. See, a strong spirit will build a protective barrier around your heart to where sickness can't penetrate it, discouragement can't sway it, fear can't stop it, and offense cannot enter it. Amen. So we are the house that built our lives on the foundation of hearing and, and doing the sayings of Jesus. So when the floods of life come our way, we will not be able to be shaken. Why? Because we are founded upon the rock. The storms of life will not be able to shake your house. When the storms of life hit it, we stand like a rock, unshaken and unmovable. I like that, don't you? Now notice with me in 3 John 2, we're going to look at this verse out of the New Living Translation, a tremendous verse of Scripture. And I just want to say this before that we look at it. The degree of success that we experience in life is directly connected to the condition of our spirits, the condition of our hearts. In the natural, some people experience a heart condition. How many of you know that there's healing for a heart condition? We know Jehovah Rapha can touch a heart. We know that even if people elect to do surgery, Jehovah Rapha is right there in the surgery room with them, taking that heart condition and turning it around for the glory of God. Now notice with me in the New Living Translation. He says here, Dear friend, I hope or I pray that all is well with you, so that you are as healthy 
in your body as you are strong in your spirit. As you are strong in your spirit. So our spirits must be fed, just like our physical bodies must be fed. I'm looking forward to having a nice lunch today. How about you? Well, just as your body needs to be fed, your spirit needs to be fed and strengthened and trained and develop and exercise in the same way that your physical being is. I believe this, that God has placed on the inside of us the measure of mountain-moving faith. And with this mountain of measure move, uh, mountain-moving faith, we will be able to, amen, move the mountains and see great results in our life. Hallelujah. Now, we are instructed, as you look in the Word of God, just do a word study on it sometime, on the, 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 the word strength or the word strong. And you will see over and over again this word come up. For example, in 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 13, the Bible tells us to be on guard. We are to stand firm in the faith and we are to be courageous and to be strong. Look, your, look at your neighbor and say, be strong, would you? In Deuteronomy 31.6, it says, Be strong and of a good courage. Fear not, be not afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, He it is that goes with you. He will not fail you, and He will not forsake you. Fear thou not, He says, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So be strong in me, and I will take you through your midnight hour, and you will realize my glory and my power in your life. Amen. Now, how many of you are familiar with the book of Ephesians? Now, in the book of Ephesians, we have kind of it broken down in three areas. In Ephesians chapter 1, Right up until Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1, the scripture talks about the wealth of the believer. In other words, it talks about who we are in Christ and what we have in Christ, where we're seated in Christ, and what we can do in Christ Jesus. And then you look at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1, it talks about the walk of the believer. See, we're wealthy in God, but our wealth in God will do us no good if our walk is wrong. And he says there, Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you and I have been called into. We have been called to walk in holiness. We have been called to walk in the peace of God. We have been called to live upright and to live righteously in a world that is dark. Is that right? And then that takes us right up until Ephesians, the 6th chapter and the 10th verse. So there's the wealth of the believer... There's the walk of the believer, but then there's the warfare of the believer. Has anyone in this house experienced spiritual warfare? Yes. So he says, well, I never knew the kind of warfare that I'm experiencing now before I got born again. Hello? Yeah. The enemy does not like the fact that you came out of his kingdom into the kingdom of God. But no matter what he like, we're going to like what God likes. Amen. So in Ephesians 6.10... He begins this dissertation on spiritual warfare. And through verse 18, he talks about how that you and I are equipped 
with the whole armor of God to live victoriously in the midst of the battles that we face. For instance, if we were to see in the realm of the Spirit today, we would look down and we would see each other's feet. And on our feet, we would see that our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. If we could see in the Spirit, we would see on top of everyone's head the helmet of the saved. And then if God was to open our eyes, we would see this mighty shield of faith, wherewith we quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And then we'd be able to see this mighty, sharp, two-edged sword. So God, who is the Lord mighty and strong in battle, this Jesus lives on the inside of us enabling us to face the battles with courage and strength, fearlessly knowing that no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. Say that with me. No weapon formed against me, formed against my home, formed against my nation. No weapon formed against my church will prosper. The gates of hell will not, cannot prevail against the church. Amen. So then, in Ephesians 6 and verse 10, it instructs us, in verse 10 it says, in the Amplified, he says, in conclusion, or finally, be strong in the Lord. Be strong. When he says, be strong, that's a commandment. It's not a good idea. The God of strength says to you and me, be strong. Be strong in your education. Be strong in your good looks. Be strong in your 401k. We know that ain't true after last week. Uh-uh. See, some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. Some trust in the SNP. Some trust in Wall Street. But who are we going to trust? We're going to remember and trust the name of the Lord our God. Amen. So he says now, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered. There is an empowerment that happens in our lives when we are strong in the Lord. And then he gives us a very clear directive on how we are to be strong and to stay strong in the Lord. It's in the next part of the verse. Be empowered through your union with him. Be empowered through your what? Through your union with him. In other words, be strong in the fact that you are vitally united to the vine. You see, we are the branches. He is the vine. He said in John that we are to dwell in Him and He will dwell in us. He says, if you remain vitally united to me, you will bear much fruit. I believe that it is the call of God in my life, in your life, to maintain that union with Him. To not separate ourselves from Him, but to stay vitally connected with Him through His Word. 
Stay vitally connected to Him through fellowship. Stay vitally connected with Him through prayer. Maintain that glorious union with Him. Now notice in Ephesians 6.10. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with Him. Now notice what happens. We draw strength from Him. When you're in union with Him, you draw strength from Him. Amen. When you draw near to Him, you draw strength from Him. When you stay vitally united to Him, you remain vitally united to the strength that He provides. Being strong in your spirit. We need to be strong in these last days. There is no doubt about it. There are things that are coming on this earth. There's things that are coming in this world that if we are not prepared for the day of battle, we will be weakened and we will fall short of the plan of God. But I thank God that this house, I said this house, this house here is going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His mind. Come on, 10 seconds of shouting and giving God the glory. Glory to God. Amen, amen, amen. So he says now, again in verse 10, In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with Him. Draw your strength from Him. And I love the last part of this verse. It says, That strength which His boundless might provides. One translation says of his boundless might, it says boundless resources. You like that? He's got a boundless supply. He has a boundless reservoir of strength for you and for me. Now, with that in mind, go over to Joel chapter 3 and verse 10. The book of Joel chapter 3 and verse 10. Great verse of scripture here. He says, Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, Young's literal translation says, Beat your plowshares to swords and your pruning hooks to javelins. Let the weak say, I am mighty. Some translation says, Let the weak say, I am a warrior. One translation says, let the weak say, I am mighty. The King James Version says, let the weak say, I am strong. So say it with me, heart of the bay. I am mighty. I am strong. I am a warrior. A warrior is a good thing. Not only in the Bay Area, but the warriors, hallelujah, in Christ Jesus are a good thing. It's a God thing. Hallelujah. Let the weak say, I am strong. Now, I got this as I was preparing for this. The more you believe that, and the more you say that, the more consistent you are with that, the stronger you will get. Let's try it on for size. Say with me, I am strong. I am strong in the Lord. And in the power of His might. For faith calls those things which be not as though they were. I declare this day, I am strong in my body. I call my kidneys strong. 
I call my lungs strong. I call my heart strong. I call my digestive system strong. I call my immune system strong. How about this one? I call my blood strong. I call my bones strong. I call my joints strong. I call my mind strong. That's much better than talking about our aches and pains and how weak and how discouraged and how depressed that we feel. Don't, don't misunderstand me. Those feelings come. But what are we going to do with those feelings when they come? We can either entertain them or reject them. If we entertain them, the feelings will get stronger. If we will reject them and say what God's Word says about us, we will get stronger and stronger day by day. How many of you know it's true? How many of you believe it's true? Say it again with me. I am strong. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Amen. Now look at Proverbs chapter 24, if you would. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 10. They don't have it. But again, I just feel in my spirit, you know, one of the, one of the premises of our series on this subject, Stronger, I'm telling you, we need to get strong for the last days. We need to really be strong for the last days. And we're not going to get strong by playing around. Are we? We're not going to get strong by playing church. We're not going to get strong that way. Because in Proverbs 24, verse 10, it says this. He says, if you faint in the day of adversity. I think that's an interesting verse of Scripture. Who is the adversary? What does he do? He brings adversity. He says now, if you faint, that means if you are weak in the day of adversity, or if you're weak when the battle comes, thy strength is small. But now notice this with me. If you're strong in the day of adversity, thy strength is great. Which is better? Listen, I'll be honest with you. I've been weak and I've been strong. And I found this out, that stronger is better. Amen. Have you found that out? Yes. Been weak, been strong, stronger is better. Yes. Been sick, been well, well is better. Yes. Been poor, had my needs met, having your needs met is better. Yes. So he says now here, if you faint in the day of adversity. I saw this in between services today. That word adversity immediately brought me to 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 and verse 9. So let's take a little time to look at that. Everybody good today? This is not the 10-minute sermonette. You figured that out by now. Now, this is not the three-hour sermon either. How many ever believe in God with me today for what is just right for this time? You know, I know this, that I've gone too long before. Don't say amen. But I also know that I've gone too short before. I don't want to short you. You didn't get up in the morning, put your makeup on, put your fine dress on, fix your hair, brush your teeth. You didn't do that to get a five-minute sermon, did you? 
No, you want to hear from heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 and verse 9. Be sober. Be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary or your opponent, and then he tells us who our opponent or our adversary is. Our opponent and our adversary is not God. Our opponent and our adversary is the devil. And so he says here, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking, seeking whom he may what? Now, another word for that would be destroy. He's looking for spiritual Christians that are weak down here so he can devour them. But now notice with me. Did you wear your shouting clothes today? Notice with me in verse 9. In verse 9 it says, Whom do what? It does not say assist him. It says resist him steadfastly with what? In the faith. One translation says resist him steadfastly with your faith. In other words, we must be strong in our spirit and strong in faith so we can resist Him when the day of adversity comes. Listen, friends, don't wait for adversity to come to develop your spirit. Develop your spirit today. Go into training right now to develop your spirit man. Amen? Now, in this series, we're going to look at some things and some various components that we can apply to our lives to make sure that we get strong and that once we get strong, that we stay strong. Amen? Now, I want to talk to you for a moment about being in training. Being in training. Look at your neighbor and say, get in training. Would you please get in training? Now, I'm not talking about physical training. And someone said, thank God. Listen, guys, I went to a physical trainer for three days. I told this guy, he was young, man, and he was cut. I was in my 50s. I just wanted to bring my basketball game just up a notch. I wanted to show those 30-year-olds and those 40-year-olds that don't mess with me. So he took me into training for three days. I'm telling you, I could hardly walk the next day. It brought my game up, but at what cost? I lasted three days in training. Our youngest son, James, went to him for a couple times, and he couldn't handle it. Well, thank God. Physical trainers can be mean, but you and I have a spiritual trainer. The Holy Ghost who lives on the inside of us. And His ways are full of wisdom. And listen, friends, He will bring you up. And He will strengthen you. He will not bring you into full-blown training overnight. But He will take you little by little, step by step, precept by precept, to where you get strong. And then when you're ready to go to the next level, He will take you to the next level. Say it with me, I'm going... 
I'm going from strength to strength. And I'm going from glory to glory. So I believe this. I believe it's important for you and me to be in training. Like I said it before, we've got the best trainer in the whole wide world, the Holy Spirit. Look with me at 1 Timothy chapter 4. And notice with me in verse 7 and 8. 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. Now nobody get under condemnation because you're not strong right now. You can get strong. And nobody get under condemnation because at one time you were strong, but today you're not. You can come back and you can get stronger. Now notice with me. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 8, in the New Living Translation, it says, yeah, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and verse 8. Let's read it together. Don't waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' fables. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Train yourself to be godly. Verse 8. Let's read. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life. How many of you want the benefits that are available in this life? Okay? So there's training involved in that. Now notice with me in the same verse in the message translation. The message translation of the same uh, verse. Let's read together. Stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion. Exercise daily in... Now stop right there. It doesn't say exercise daily physically. It profits you little. Some of us can use the little profit that it profits us, right? But this is talking about exercising daily in God. Read the rest with me. No spiritual flabbiness. And then verse 8. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more so, making you fit both today you do not know how many times God has saved you and spared you from some devil disease you don't know how many times he saved you and protected you out on the freeway I mean, you may not even be aware that that person almost hit you. But oh, thank God, he's given his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. And what I'm saying is this. Don't let your guard down. Stay strong. Continue to take the name of Jesus and to plead the blood of Jesus over your entire life. It is our responsibility to exercise daily in God. So he says, Pastor Mark, are you talking about having a spiritual routine? Exactly. And I've discovered this, that if I wait till 11 p.m. at night to do my routine, it ain't going to happen. Because I'll be honest with you, at 11 p.m. at night, I'm like, I am out like a light. 
I believe that the best time to do your spiritual exercise is the moment that your eyes open. Oh, now, don't misunderstand me. Go get you a cup of java. Go get you a cup of coffee. Amen? That'll help you wake up. He is Jehovah Java. The Lord that wakes me up. But, but don't, don't wait till that day gets going. Because the devil has a day planner for you. You can change his plans by going into the very presence of God and thwarting and stopping whatever plans he had for you. Exercise daily in God. And it doesn't have to be some sort of religious ritual. It could be five or ten minutes of reading the Word. Five or ten minutes. One of the first things that comes out of my mouth in the morning is, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for a good night's sleep. Thank you, Lord, for the great meals I had yesterday. Thank you, Lord, for a beautiful wife. Thank you, Lord, for a great congregation. Thank you, Lord, for the United States of America. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You will always have something to be grateful for if you will look carefully on what God has already done for you. Shout it with me. He has done great things. And He is about to do even greater things in my life. Get yourself a routine. Get yourself a routine. Now be open to the Holy Spirit to take you down another path. You don't have to get so religious that you get into a rut. But you don't also have to be so loose that you don't do anything. See, we live sometimes where we, we'd like for someone else to do our praying. Someone else to do our believing. But spiritual growth, my brothers and sisters, tells us that we need to grow for ourselves and grow strong in Him and in the power of His might. And that's good preaching. Now notice this. There's a whole lot of things that I've tried to do. That you've tried to do. That really we should be in, in training to do. There's a big difference between trying and being in training. When you're in training, God will be right there to help you and to instruct you. But how many of you know when you're trying, you're on your own? Somebody says, well, I tried this faith stuff and it don't work. No, it tried you. And you didn't work. There's nothing wrong with this book right here. Don't tell me this book doesn't work. But this book works when it's worked properly. And it works in the hearts of men and women whose hearts are right. Well, I, I stood on the Word of God for three days and ain't come to pass yet. Must be something wrong with this Word. No, there ain't nothing wrong with the Word. There's nothing wrong with us. You see, we like to try, but oftentimes we're not consistent enough to actually be in training. Listen, I'll just, just mark it down right now. If you try to overcome temptation, eventually you will fail. If you try to be kind, if you try to be godly, if you try not to worry, you will fail. But if you will train yourself to overcome and train yourself not to worry, you will overcome every time. 
Let me give you the definition of training. Y'all still here? The definition of training, it involves a skill or a behavior that can be learned or improved through practice and instruction over a period of time. Training denotes being consistent. Being consistent. You know, the Warriors have won, what is it, three NBA championships in four years? That's pretty good. How many of you know they're going to go for four this year? How many of you just don't care? Saw a few hands. All right, we'll pray for you that you get saved. Just having a little fun. But what those guys do is they do the same drills over and over and over and over again. They're consistent with what they're doing. To where when they get on the court, it becomes second nature. In other words, they're just carrying out in real time what they've practiced in the gymnasium. And I believe that's what God wants for you and God wants for me. We're not to wait until it's game time. But we are to be consistent in our walk with God. Say this with me. Progress does not come by trying. It comes by training. Now when you're in training, you've got to have a goal in mind. Got to have a goal in mind. Now, if I try to run a marathon at one o'clock today, I might get to the Black Bear Diner. I might get to Winton Avenue. But I'm not going to be able to run a marathon by trying. The only way that a person can run a marathon is by training. Otherwise, they could kill themselves. Now, if you flew to Paris tonight, 11 p.m. flight out of SFO, nonstop into Paris, get into Paris the next day. If you go into a cab and you try to speak French... When you've never spoke French before, that cab driver is going to look at you like you are crazy. I mean, most of them over there don't like Americans anyway, especially in France. But you cannot speak French by trying. You speak French by training, right? Same thing with music. I'm glad that Pastor Tom had training. Aren't you? I would not want an associate minister and a music director who just wants to try it out. My, my saying would be, try it out on someone else, please. No. He has developed the skill through training many years ago, but he is consistent in his training and in the development of his gift day by day. 
Therefore, he is a master musician. You do not become a master musician by trying. Please don't come up to me in the foyer after church and say, I'd like to try out a new song I just wrote. I've never sang before, but can I sing Sunday morning? Ah! No! Somebody said, well, that's not love, brother. I love you enough to save you the embarrassment. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, but be ye triers of the word. Be ye triers. I'm going to try Christianity out. Don't try to try Christianity out. Get in Christ. Let Christ get in you and let him develop you and enable you to get strong in the Lord, the power of his might, and your life will be changed forever. See, we try to do things but we need to be in training. Can I take it a step further? We should not just be Christian consumers. We should not just be Christian attenders. We should say, I am in training. I am submitted to this house. I am submitted to these pastors. These pastors are submitted to God. I am placing myself under the leadership of the Holy Spirit and under the leadership of these pastors. I am all in. I'm not just here to consume. I'm not just here to attend. I'm here to be part of an assembly. And I have a part in this assembly. And I am open to be trained by God and by the Holy Spirit. Amen. We should be trained, folks, to be a blessing. You know, we could right now, when we see the things out there in the world that are going on, the hurricanes and the opportunities to sow seed, and when we see the opportunity to reach further into the Bay Area through radio, we could hold back. We could hold back and say, I just don't know, I just don't know. But when you're in training to be a world changer, when you're in training and discipled by the Lord Jesus Christ... When God says yes, you must not say no. Are you listening to me? Has God said yes to you in any areas of your life that you are holding back in? I'm telling you folks, it's time to go all in with Him. You remember the rich young ruler? The rich young ruler, he came to Jesus. And you know what, James? He didn't come strutting his stuff. He came running to Him. And then he kneeled before him. And he said, good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, you don't come up short in a lot of things, in all things, but one thing you lack. There's one thing that you lack. And here's what I want you to do. I want you, by accounts that I've heard, this guy was a billionaire. A billionaire. He said, you lack one thing. Go sell what you have. Give it to the poor. 
And once you've given it to the poor, I want you to come now and follow me. What he didn't know, that if he had done that and followed him, the master would have taken really good care of him. You see, his trust was not in God. His trust was in his riches. You can have $5 and have your trust in that $5 and not in God. And here's what the Bible... Listen, friends, this man that ran to him, that kneeled before him, the Bible says he went away very sad. Why was he sad? Because he had great possessions. He let his possessions take the place of God. I know in my life, and most likely in your life, if we listen very carefully to the Master, He will tell us perhaps some things that we lack and that we can make adjustments in. Come on, somebody. Are you open to Him? Are you open to Him to speak to your heart and for Him to change you? Are you ready to get into the school of the Holy Spirit? Are you ready to be trained by the Master? Hallelujah. When He calls you, and He may be calling some of you this morning. He may be calling you to come to Him. All you that labor and are heavy laden. He may be calling you out of that burnt out lifestyle that you're living. You're burnt out in religion. You're, you're burnt out because you're on a treadmill of works and on a treadmill of, of life that is going so fast that you feel like your life is out of control. And the Master's calling. And the Master's saying, Come unto me. Come unto me. Let me disciple you. Come to me and learn of me. For I'm meek and lowly in heart. My yoke is easy and you'll find out that my burden is light. I believe the Spirit of the Lord may be saying to a few people today, let go and let God. Don't try God. Receive God. And let God do a mighty work in you. You'll never know what He could do and what He may do in your life if you don't take the first step and say yes to Jesus. You see, the Bible says, they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Somebody says, Pastor Mark, you do know you're preaching to Christians today. No, I don't know that. I do not know that everyone in this house sitting here today is born again. I don't know that. And one of the calls upon my life is to call people out of darkness into the kingdom of God. I'll never forget in March 1975, I was in a drug treatment center for heroin addiction and for alcoholism. They let me out of the hospital to go to a crusade that night. And for the first time, I heard the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I came up out of my chair and I opened my heart and I received Jesus. I wonder what would have happened to me if I hadn't done that. I'd be in hell today. I most likely would have overdosed. I most likely would have lost my life and been in hell today. The Bible says that now is the day of salvation. Now is the day to call upon the name of Jesus.
Amen. Hallelujah. So let us come out from among them and let us be separate. Let us choose Jesus over all the things that are in this world. You will find that in choosing Jesus, it will be the best decision you've ever, ever made. In closing, as we continue on with this series next week, I want to share you some components of training. Listen to this statement. Your habits determine your future. And your character is shaped by your habits. You're known for your habits. And successful people have successful habits. Here's the problem. We tend to wander when we should be working. We, kept, we keep waiting for something good to happen to us, our ship to come in, an inheritance or a big break. You know, we're not going to wake up most likely one day and be out of debt with plenty of margin, a perfect body weight in heavenly relationships. How many of you know we must be in training? Who will go with us into the training for our hearts? Raise your hands and say, Heavenly Father, I receive your word today. Holy Spirit, help me to get strong. Help me to get stronger so that I may live my life from faith to faith and from strength to strength and from glory to glory. Is every head is bowed?